And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dunk. This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dort. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Basley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Crackling Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. My two-year-old is here with me. Three-year-old. Honey, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. You got to go find mom. Okay. Okay. We'll go get her. It's the joys of working from home. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, I got Michele Barra here. Michele, what's up? Well, uh, I have a empty house because my family is in the mountains. Oh, Um, nice. Yeah. Yesterday I was with them, but you know, work starts on Monday. So here I am. But hey, no kids around. Uh, (laughs) Not sure which one I prefer probably being there with my five-year-old here. But anyway. (laughs) oh man so looking at the injury report for the game tonight they play the sacramento kings the thunder play the sacramento kings oklahoma city tonight uh the kings have terrence davis who's just a bucket who's out and then rashawn holmes is questionable tonight with back soreness and that's it everybody else is playing for the kings the thunder have lou dort who's out with a left shoulder strain they have josh giddy who's out with hip Right hip soreness. Ty Jerome is out with left hip soreness. Michael Scott wow. is out with a right right ankle soreness. Jerry is out with his third metatarsal fracture. And Kenrich Williams is out with a left knee sprain. This is like lever, 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 lever. <laughs> and apparently it doesn't matter because you go into Indiana with all these levers pulled and you still beat the Pacers because you've got... Uh, a few guys that are still pretty good playing basketball for you. Yeah, pretty good scores, and you know that this team will will compete at a high level defensively. So yep. this is not a recipe for tanking. Uh, you should have many uninterested players uh, to to be able to crack the nineteen win target. Yep. Um, OKC is at nineteen right now, and it, is it nineteen already twenty? 19. I'm losing. Okay. Um, so it's, I mean, we all know that when you have a guy like Shea and you have a resemblance of a functional team, like being the, the worst team in the league is borderline impossible. Yeah. Especially if you have like a frisky guy like Trey Mann, who is apparently pretty good at basketball, even like hard basketball, difficult yeah. to shot kind of basketball. Yeah. And, that indie game was maybe his best game of the season. I know it wasn't yeah. his highest scoring game, but you take a look at the kind of shots he was taking, the role that he had within the offense, where yeah. he is having to play off of Shea and he's really their second option. And beyond him, there's not a lot of options. <laughs> and he took on that task defensively. I thought that was one of his better games that I'd seen oh, yeah. him play. Uh, he was on Buddy Heald a majority of the time, which is the kind of players that they have him on. Like he guards spot ups a lot. I actually went back and watched all of his defensive possessions over the course of the last like five games. And 
he was real good against the Pacers, really engaged, using it as athleticism, recovering, because the Thunder loved to pack the paint, and he he did a good job of like tagging the paint and then getting out to a shooter when he needed to. He does that really well. Uh, the only times that he really struggled is when he's attacking a closeout and the guy makes a move and they get yeah. they can get past him pretty easily. That happened a few times in the Pacers game. Uh, the Suns game, he was actually like pretty bad, <laughs> like pretty bad on defense. So he's yeah. got a ways to go because he is just so uneven, like his, the way that he competes and the way that he the way that he remains solid on the defensive end is it kind of waxes and wanes. However, he did play very well in that Pacers game on both ends, which like gave you it just gave me a little bit of pause after watching him just like, huh, OK. If this is the kind of guy that he is, maybe not someone that's going to get 20 points a game, but if he can get 15 points a game, which seems pretty reasonable on, Mm -hmm. you know, a decent amount of shots and defend like, huh, they've, they've like, they've got somebody right here. Yeah. I, I'm a bit more bullish on the offensive side. Um, like defensively, I completely agree with your assessment. I think that um, he was even okay in spots guarding Tyrese Alliburton, uh when he got to switch on him and and he was tasked to, to be the guy who stays with Tyrese. I mean, it's not that he cooked him or anything. Uh, I agree that when he has his initial read uh, on defense and then um, has to defend a closeout, sometimes he's going to close out a little bit too hard. Um, But even if he does that, if that is body healed, I much rather have that compared to a lazy closeout that allow body healed to take the three Mm. um, comfortably. So if among the mistakes that you can make uh, on closeouts, closing out a little bit too hard compared to closing out a little bit less, I would much rather have the first because like you, you at least close out the three. And then, of course, uh, the defense is uneven because you're playing five on, on four. And if your back line of defense is not good enough, then it's a basket. But but anyway, for now, um, it's good that he's able to, as you mentioned, tuck the paint and sprint out. Learning how to reduce your speed and basically just give the the baseline to the um, to the guy who, who wants to attack so that your ring protector can be there. This is what you you will learn in time. Offensively, he has such a he's such a gifted scorer. He has a great touch and also body control. I mean, the shots that he made against Indiana. That okay, it's not a like the best example uh, in terms of teams that you want to. Um, I mean, evaluate your offensive players because they are not great at defense. Um, but a few of the of the makes that he had were just insane shots. And and it's more impressive, as you mentioned, the fact that him and Shay uh, basically decided, hey, if I got double, you cook. And they were both able to do that seamlessly. That is that is quite impressive. It really was. It was really impressive to see him do that. And he's been way more efficient over the past like month or so. Uh, than mm-hmm. he has been throughout the rest of the season. I think him as a scorer, I think getting like three or four shots a game is really not what his ultimate role will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he needs to get the ball and have the ball in his hands and kind of catch a rhythm. And, you know, I think that seeing him as like a six-man type of scorer, you can see it. You can see that clearly. Um, whether he can be more than that, I'm not sure. Because you look at his stats for the entire season, you know, as like a pick and roll ball handler, he's like 0.76 points per possession. Um, spot up, he's very good. 1.04 points per possession. Mm-hmm. Like that's extremely good. That's that is a great sign for a team that already has Shea and Giddy and a yeah. guy that can play off of them. Like that's like wow. Like that's good news. Uh transition, he's 1.15, which is quite good. Uh isolation, he's below average. He's 0.75. He needs to figure that out. Off a of screen, he's 0.95. That could be better too. 
And then in handoff situations, yeah. he's 0.72. So there's a lot, especially um, in in terms of just being efficient. There's a lot that he, a lot to be desired with Trey. Um, mm-hmm. However, you can't deny the skill set that he has on the offensive end, the floaters that he's able to get to, like difficult leaning floaters, floaters over guys that are a lot bigger, his ability to attack the basket, his step back is unbelievable from three or from two. You, I've, you've been seeing it from two a little bit more where he'll start a pick and roll. And a lot of times it's been with Roby over the last couple games where, and as they're trying to follow Roby. He just takes a step back to right there yeah. and creates a space, which has been really kind of cool to see. So I, I'm quite impressed with him. And I, I got a, a DM from Ethan Nickel four who asked the question. Yeah. Can I say uh, oh, yeah. something yeah. very quick yes. Um, yes. On, on the role? Yeah. Because yes, I think that, um, Starting him off the bench makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm growing more uh, into the thinking that the idea of Golden State a couple of years ago to have a great offensive unit to start the game and then having your clamps off the, off the bench that can really put pressure defensively. Um, like, to me, with the right personnel, mm-hmm. you may have like an advantage, a clear advantage to start games with Trey Mann as your guard instead of Ludort. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Ludort is the guy who plays the most between the two. Uh, I would not be surprised of that. Yeah. Uh, especially if Giddy can hold his own um, and hold his own uh, defensively uh, at the four position. But I mean, if you want to maximize the minutes that Shea and Giddy play together, I think that having a guy like that, um, unless again, uh, this is all all depend on how much Dort improves as a shooter, but that level of hey, if if I am one on one, you are dead kind of thing that Trey Man has when he has the ball, um, it's special. And again, not the, the, what the Pacers game showed us is that as soon as you double team Shea or in the future Giddy, if you have Trey Man on the court that can lead to something special. So if that is what Trey is about, and again, we are far away from that. This yeah. is just the first indication that he may be something. Uh, he may have something going there. Then, I mean, I don't see, I, I would not, uh, let's put it this way. It's not other door slender. It's me saying, hey, there is a legit chance that he may be a starter compared to someone who comes off the bench because he can play comfortably in a spot up opportunistic way yeah. um, and maximizing the space that um, his teammates, Shay and Giddy have. Mm. Uh, and then maybe the ball ender when he and Dort lead the second unit, something like that. Yeah. Like it's, um, it's not to be, and it's something that we, we have to keep in mind yeah. when we evaluate a guy like him. Yeah. And overall, it's just easier for an offense like they have, especially if they don't get a star in this next draft or in the next two drafts. If you don't have like a star star in the next two drafts, mm-hmm. which there might not be one of those guys in this upcoming draft, like there's a yeah. very good chance. Even if you pick high. Yeah. Even if you're picking two or three, like you may not get like the guy. It's important to have diverse offensive talent, you know, because the Thunder can yeah. play with guys like Robertson and Cephalosha and even Ferguson because they had supernova offensive players, you know, yeah. with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and Paul George. As a, when you have those kind of guys, you can afford to have a non-shooter, a non-offensive player essentially next to them yeah, because they can handle it. The Thunder don't have one of those guys on their team. They don't have the supernova offensive score. Now, Shea is the closest thing to that, and he's been very good since he's come back. Yeah. Is he at the level of the... I mean, the guys I just named are Hall of Fame players who are like 
on all time scoring lists and are some of the best players to ever play the game, <laughs> you know? So to hold shade to that standard, I think is a little unfair. Exactly. But, but my, yes. but my major point is you need diverse offensive talent around these guys. And I, I actually am a little bit more encouraged than I thought I would be at this point in the season with what they've got. Because mm-hmm. I mean, with Trey and Shay, you look at the rest of the roster and most of that team that played with them in Indy was on the G League team like a month ago. And not even the best G League team out there. <laughs> I'm serious. We they were this. playing. It was Shay, Trey, and the Blue. That would be, if they yeah. were a band, that would be their band name for that night. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's incredible. And to like credit to those guys, when Poku was leading the show, which I think that we need to talk a little bit uh, talk about, about Poku. Poku. We got to congratulate Poku on getting to the 40% club. Yeah, exactly. Um, those guys competed so hard defensively. Yeah. And just dismantle in the second unit. Yeah. Um, and Poku was good he's like, been, just, like pretty good he was pretty good in that game like finding yeah. space within the offense without the ball which is something he's been like flat out just pretty bad at um, yeah he had started to figure that out a little bit he's competing I, I don't know i i was quite impressed i've been impressed with him for a couple weeks and he is shooting up to 40% from the field on the season, which includes nice. moments of time where we just thought that this guy is a lost cause. He's done. He played well. Uh, I saw him at a restaurant on Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> he did not want to talk to me. Um, he was at Cheevers. Actually, the last two times I've gone to Cheevers, Poku has been there, which has just been kind of funny. What kind of restaurant it is? Oh, it's just like a, it's a nice restaurant, um, kind of traditional American food, like steaks. And they have like a chicken fried steak that everybody loves and stuff like that. I see. So good stuff. Um, but yeah, Poku is playing well. Like he's, he's starting to figure things out, which is good. Yeah. Like he still the needs a lot of time. Yeah. Is what surprising me, is surprising me the most. It seems that... Uh, this will sound extremely weird, and I don't know how to tell this uh, in other words. It just seemed to me that that kind of action is something that more players are doing are doing in OKC. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that you see Baisley doing. It's something that you see Shea doing. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, it's something that they are practicing, uh, and he's very good at it. Yeah. They are just teaching them how to like basically cut the defense in half with their dribble Mm -hmm. and they're pretty successful at it. And again, imagine when Presti will actively trying to make the roster better, Mm -hmm. like to make the roster tuned to those players. Mm -hmm. Like right now, Olivier Saar is playing minutes (laughs) and he's awful. (laughs) Like pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Diakite was playing minutes. Roby, like, Isaiah Roby is playing well in this system, which is, hey, he's not playing in probably 27 other teams. No. And the the three is playing, one is OKC, and the other two are clearly trying to tank. Yeah, that's, and this is, this is where, and the, the, the guys that you've named are all centers. They're the centers for the team. And if you just got a guy that was dangerous at all with the rock once he got it, or was dangerous on the roll, or you had to watch out for him. There's a lot of guys in this draft, and it's not just Chet and Jabari and Paolo. And those yeah. three, like any of those three. And really, Jabari, I don't know that Jabari's going to be the guy to be rolling to the basket, but Chet would, Paolo would probably be like the most dangerous on the roll of those three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's other guys in this draft. I mean, Jalen Duran, who hasn't had the greatest season. I just, just try to imagine those guys with Duran setting the screen rather than Olivier Saar or Isaiah Roby. Like things yeah, just set a killer screen quite and then dart. He, I mean that I kind of like him with this group 
if you can't get one of those three, I kind of like him because he's going to be able to just dunk on guys. Whereas the guys that we have now are just not going to do a whole lot. Like no one's scared of any of those guys. What's your take on, like, we always say, hey, maybe OKC will trade up and from number six, they will get to number three, which never happens. Um, <laughs> I think that maybe in this draft, which is perceived as not the greatest draft, yeah. the consolidation trade where you give up maybe something good and like like a young player, two picks, you may get into the top 10 and you were able to snag AJ Griffin and Jalen Duran, something yeah. like that. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. Well, this, this goes to a question from Ethan Nickel, who okay. asked me, if you were trading up in this draft, would you rather trade Trey Mann or Lou Dort? Oh, boy. I cannot answer that. Yes, you can. This is, this is you're just putting yourself on the Dort hater island. <sighs> to be honest, um, it's even me thinking about it is a radius lander on Dort, <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, no. But it's, it's difficult. Yeah, isn't it, is it? Dif- it is. It is difficult seeing the kind of offensive player that Trey is. They are so different. They are mm-hmm. so, so different. And Dort's, Dort's had a good season. Like, there's no doubt about it that he's had a good yeah. season. And he is the kind of player that will help a winning team. Like, there's no question about that. Sure. Um, I wonder who the team is that would trade for him. Like, would it be like if Atlanta misses the playoffs entirely? Like, right now they would have the 13th pick. Is that, would you trade Dort for the 13th pick? No. Like, I don't know that I like that either. But then, like, you get into, like, Memphis doesn't really need him. Like, Washington? Like, I don't even know what Washington is. No. (laughs) You know, like, I don't think that they need him. Portland? Like, Portland doesn't really need Dort either. But do you trade the only asset that you have? Well, one of the few assets that you have, good asset that you have, for a player that you know has probably a cap on his ceiling in Dort. Yeah. Wow. That, that was one of the meanest things I've ever heard anybody say about somebody. Why? Just, Do you think he's a superstar? Has superstar uh, potential? No, 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 I don't think he has superstar potential, but he's, he's a very good role player. He's a good player. Yeah. And you need very good role players. Yes. But this is what you want. If you're Portland, like I can get. I mean, for like, the tenth pick, like I don't let know. Let me, let me, yeah, let me explain my my thinking because otherwise everyone will say, "Hey, you just hate Dort." This yeah. is not the case. Um, suppose that you have a team that is fully formed, yeah, and what you miss is a very good corner three shooter, yep, that can defend the hell out of the ball, yep, and you have the tenth pick. That is a trade that I'm willing to make yeah. because. This is what you need. You know it. Maybe you have a season like the Warriors. Say that the Warriors of last year are in the same position and they're, maybe they don't have the seventh pick where the seventh pick is Kuminga. They have mm. a later pick. Mm-hmm. And Giddy's gone, Kuminga's gone. I mean, to me, it's not nonsensical that they would call a case and say, hey, give me that player. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I don't know, a team like Brooklyn, a team that needs very good high-level defender to complete the roster in order to win a championship tomorrow, you may do that trade. But if you're Portland, you don't really know what you need. Uh, you know that you need some someone that resets a little bit of timeline for Dame, mm. but also is able to compete right away. Yeah. Um, does Dort change the outcome of the, of the Trailblazers for the future? No, probably not. That's big number 10, most likely neither. Mm-hmm. But at least you have the possibility of a guy that you can mold. And with Dort, that idea is so-so, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. Sure. He may be better next season. He may average at 18 points per game. 
mm-hmm. on pretty good uh, defense, which going back to the to the to the deal uh that you propose like either man or, or dort i mean it's very hard not to say dort yeah yeah it is especially whenever it's harder with this team in particular just because the roles yeah. are so wide and fluid and no one knows exactly what anybody is yet and they're starting to define that. And then we saw that on Thursday. That the Thunder are starting to define that with the way that they're handling Gideon Shea. And it's a shame yeah. that we didn't haven't seen them beyond that because a lot of the stuff they said was really interesting. Um, especially what Shea said after the game was like quite interesting. And then we haven't seen it since then, which is just kind of a bummer. And we won't see it tonight or maybe even this week we won't see it. Um, so they're starting to try to define that a little bit. Because I think that they know they want the ball in Giddy's hands a lot because they want to see this team thrive and they want to see Giddy thrive and they want to see Shea thrive. And that means that the best distributor on the team gets the ball. Like that's just the way that it is. There's no, it's not, you know, an indictment on Shea or anybody else. It's just a, hey, that we've seen the skill sets, we've taken a look at it, and here's the best way to maximize it. And, you know, if you can make the case that if you got a guy like Paulo in this draft, it you might be better suited to have Dort as like the role player that fills in that next slot. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you got Chet, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable with Trey. filling that slot because I think that you to have shooting around somebody who's not going to be a volume type of score where I think Paulo could be a volume score. I don't see Chet being a volume score. Um, You know, you're going to need somebody else that can fill it up. So I think a lot of it's just very dependent on where you land, you know? Yeah. And it's, and to me, one of the, uh one of the beauties of all this is that yes we need to answer the question but i think that okc will try not to uh put themselves into a position where it's either a man or dort mm-hmm. it's probably hey we really like them uh with both we have four guards uh guard slash forward this is the core that we want to push forward because we think that we have something there um yeah. and again there is minutes for there are minutes for everyone um when you have four good players to fill your backcourt i mean you're probably a little bit on the um, i mean you you want a fifth uh, to complete the rotation so yeah. it's not that there are, and giddy can play a lot at the three so it's not that you have too many players uh as of today mm. and um and the fact that you have three men uh, as a possible guy that can handle the ball um probably even allows you to play Dort a little bit more uh, because he is a dead eye. I think he will be a very good shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you have him, Giddy and Dort, fine, that works. That works very well. Um, and the fact that that um, you mentioned about Giddy, I mean, I'm optimistic about the comment that Shay made after the game. I yeah. didn't... Um, to me they didn't sound all that bad um it's it's clear that when you have a non-shooting um guy on the court that can handle like giddy does it's very simple you handle um yeah and we saw like in the in this game in like in indiana there were game there were moments where Treyman was handling the ball and creating advantage for shea and shea was very good playing off of those yeah. So, of course, plan A is to be the guy. Uh, and again, I, I hope that every good player that goes to OKC says, hey, this is plan A. But you know what? I know that plan A is just me being, I mean, uh, wanting to, to, to have more. I know that the plan for winning is not plan A, which mm-hmm. I think was hidden in Shay's word, saying, hey, we will be good if we all sacrifice for the greater good and we all do it together uh even if it's not the top agenda of any one of us Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. I think that's the right see. message. And it's complicated because there are so few people in the room with him where mm-hmm. like the vibe of the room was just different. The words he said and the way that it came off on video, the way that it came off on audio, it just it was just different. It was just different than it was being in the room with him. And it was like I see. It was me and Joe and it was like thunder people, you know? And like and so Joe and I kind of felt a little weird like being out on an island a little bit because <laughs> like you know like and Steve McGee in there too from News 9 was in there too where like the vibe was just kind of weird a lot of times you feel like you can ask Shay or really any of these guys anything you want you know with regards to like how things are going you, you might even I wanted to ask Shay about his funny jacket and I think I mentioned this on Friday yeah yeah but it was it was not a vibe or mood to ask a question like that. Why the vibes were like that, I think is up for interpretation. You know, I see. I wouldn't say that like it's because of the questions or it's because he doesn't want to give the ball up. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's the case because his words didn't match that at all. Um, but the vibes were just weird. And so uh, that was just the way that that was. And that's, that's, partially why we said the things that we did because the vibes were weird afterwards it was a it was awkward and but i went back and i watched it again i listened to it again the words even the words then were like yeah like he's saying all the right things like yeah like you know i mean communication is not just the words you say it's all the nonverbal stuff too that he was putting off was like it's just confuse a little confusing, honestly, to to sit there and be in the room and listen to him. Um, and so it's just hard whenever hey. everybody else is on Zoom or everybody else is just putting out the video or just typing up the quotes, where it's just like, yeah, it's not not exactly you know where we were in the room. And hey, it may very well be that he's not comfortable with it yet. Mm-hmm. That he's not hundred percent okay because he is like convince yeah. that plan A may still work and that plan B needs to be bulletproof before we say, hey, this is the good plan. And yeah. again, this is after a loss, a loss yes. um, on like the first game that they played together, like a like a bad finishing of, of the game, like a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not that yeah, you, you, you can like forget about those stuff. These are guys that want to win. And yeah. maybe Shay made an emphasis to himself, made a point to himself, like, hey, we are going out and beat Phoenix because th- there is no Chris and I want to show him that, hey, we are different. Yeah. Um, and they didn't. And so we don't know. Um, we but don't. again, from the video, it was really different. Uh, I yeah, I agree that sometimes you are in a room and say, no, 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 no this is not what happened. Mm-hmm. This is not how... I felt things. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so hey, we'll see. It's it's interesting. But one thing that I'm sure is that if Shay next year wins a scoring title mm-hmm. <laughs> because Giddy averages 15 assists, uh, I'm I'm saying like really stupid stuff just to make the point. Yeah, um, with a scoring title and him and himself and Giddy play amazing basketball and Giddy initiate 80% of the offense, mm-hmm. I'm sure nobody in the room will say, hey, yeah, it's still not plenty. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, we saw KD in 2013-14 mm-hmm. being the man. Mm-hmm. And, and then probably was not the most efficient version of himself, like uh, a version where where he had to do a little bit less and have a little bit more space and have things a little bit more easy. Maybe that is um, maybe that is the version that can unlock the best yep. version of. So um, I think that this will also uh, and it, and it's clear uh, it will also depend on the results. Yeah, process is what you should try. Results is what you are you are going to be held accountable for. Yeah, without a doubt. I have a very interesting stat to back up some of the things you were saying, and we'll get to that stat right after this quick break. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, McKelly, there are one, two, three, four players that are shooting above 35% on catch-and-shoot threes this season for the Thunder. Can you name those players? Um, so, Shea Gigas-Alexander, he's one. Shea is shooting 41.5% yeah. on spot-up or on catch-and-shoot threes. It's not many. It is not many. I know. He's it's basic play, he's three? basically taking like one a game. He's taking forty one yeah. spot up threes, but he's shooting forty one and a half percent. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Would you want that guy to be off ball just a little bit more? We're not talking the whole time. Man, that would be nice. Give me three. Give me three per game and two pull ups and we are good. Yeah. Can you name the um, others? There's one that's Mike only Muscala. Taking, Mike Muscala shooting forty two point nine percent on hundred and sixty one three point hmm. attempts. That's uh that's pretty good. <laughs> one of them has only taken eight. 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 Catch that doesn't count. Come on. Um so it means that he's taking a lot of pull-ups. No, it means um, that he hasn't been on the team for very long. Oh, so no, no restriction whatsoever. Then it's uh, uh, Waters. Yeah, Lindy Waters the third is thirty-seven and a half percent. He's three of eight. <laughs> yes, that doesn't count. Come on, there's one. Um, and. I mean, I want to say that Trey Mann is over, but I'm. I know that he's shooting 36 and change for the season. I think that he's up there because the pull up cannot be better than that. He's 39% from three. Yeah. On 89 attempts. So it's it's a good amount of attempts there for Trey. That is spot ups, 39%? Spot ups. Yeah. Yeah. It's like another great reason. And it's also this information which it, it means that everybody else is shooting below 30 35% from 3 yeah Lou is at 33 and change is that right Lou on spot ups and he's taken the most of anybody on the team he's taken 292 almost 300 spot ups he's 31.2% can you check the percentage of Lou Dort spot up trees when Giddy is the passer Oh man, I don't remember how to. I don't well, remember. I'll check that. Yeah, you check that. I don't remember how to check that. Yeah, is um, it's a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 
it shows like how far away the team is too, because you feel pretty good about some of these guys. Like even Ken Rich, who's only 34% on spot ups. JRE is 34%. And then you dip even lower, like where Poku's 30%, Aaron Wiggins is 30%, Baisley's 30%, Josh Giddy is 24% on spot ups. Yeah. He's taking 159. Um, it's, you know, there's there's a there's a long way to go with the roster, and then with like obviously Josh Giddy, somebody that's going to be on the roster for a long time. But with regards to spot up threes, like he's got a long way. There's a long journey ahead for Josh when it comes to spotting up. But to have yeah. guys like Trey and Shay, who like I trust both those guys shooting, you know. And to have two of those guys where, you know, the, the shooting, the shooting stuff for Oklahoma City has does does not have a uh the, the past here is not great. You know, it's Kevin Durant, it's Kevin Martin, it's James Harden, it's and then it's like who are the role players that you're like, oh man, they're such a great shooter. Abrinas, who didn't even really shoot it that great while he was here. Yeah, you know, there's not there's not a lot of guys, and so to be this early in the rebuild, and just like a reminder, it's early in the rebuild. We haven't gotten that far yet. There's still a ways to go, in my opinion. There's still two more drafts to go. Of like, don't say that. It's not true. It's um, 2022, and then we go. <laughs> I wish. I wish. No, I think I think there's two more drafts to go. So like, buckle up. There's still a long way to go. There's still a lot of players. You know, this time next year, there's going to be a lot more players that you love on this team than the than we have today. You yeah. Know? So, I found the stat. Okay. Um, Shea is assisting is passing the ball to Dort for threes one point six times per game. Okay. Baisley one time. Mm-hmm. JRE one time, and Josh Giddy. Two times. Okay. I'm approximating. Shea is when when Shea is the passer, mm-hmm. Dort is at 29.8%. Yikes. When the passer is Giddy, thir- uh, sorry, is uh Baisley 31%. Mm-hmm. When the passer is JRE, 31%. Mm-hmm. When the passer is Giddy, 35%. <laughs> there are other like weird stuff like Kenny 45.5%, but just 0.4 passes. Trayman 36%, just 0.3 passes per game. Yeah. S- same with um with favors. It's like way more variance on all those. Yeah. Yeah. But Giddy, when Giddy is the passer, I mean, well, you know, he things. hits him right in the pocket. Like, yeah. So he passes guys know. open. Yeah, I mean, he's and they shoot good. Yeah, and he's one of yeah, he's one of the better passers in the NBA already. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just who he is <laughs> already, and he's going to get smarter and stronger and bigger. And he's going to get more experience. Like, this is why you clear the way for somebody like this, especially when it's like, you know what? You're not so hot as a spot up shooter. We need to make sure that we're, that we're using you in the right way. Because if we spot you up in the corner, what we're doing is we're shrinking the floor for everybody else. Yeah. Because no one's going to care. If you have the ball, the floor is spaced. Because people are more afraid yeah. of Dort. People are more afraid of Trey and of Shea and of everybody else. This is why you do it. Yeah. It's not some yeah. mystery. It's not some like... It's, and it's not some choice where it's like, well, clearly Giddy is their franchise mm-hmm. guy and Shea isn't anymore. Like, no. If you're reading it that way, you have read it wrong. You are doing it no, wrong. Very wrong. If you very think wrong. That, the, that it means that they're choosing one guy over the other, you've done it wrong. You're, you're, yeah. you're doing your fandom wrong. Yeah, and um, there are other, other examples of players that are just making the team function at a high level when they have the ball in their hands, even mm-hmm. if they are not the best player. I mean, yeah. um, there are examples. Um, Draymond Green is one of them. Uh, it, it was not in the same role, but you know that 
You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not that that Curry is inefficient. Yeah, when he has the ball in his hands, is that when Raymond has it and can make a quick decision out of it, then it's a great possession. And again, these players will realize, and the coaching staff will help them realizing how easy it is when you move around and Giddy finds you, mm-hmm. because it can really maximize what you are. Which is passing. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, Trey Man is shooting fifty-five percent on Giddy's passes, and I, I will believe <laughs> that this is what he will shoot on Giddy's passes for the rest of his life. Yeah, and you wonder why they want to put him on ball more. I don't care if it's that he is the primary guy, or he just has it more, or whatever you want to call it. it doesn't matter what you want to call it. It's the fact is like this team is going to be better moving forward when he has the ball. And whenever they have more offensive weapons, like Shea is a real offensive weapon. Oh, yeah. Trey is a real offensive weapon. Beyond that, like who is a real offensive weapon? It's Mike Muscala. Like it's Muscala. <laughs> the list is over. This is why you have the worst offense in the NBA. Yeah. If you can add somebody else like Apollo or Jabari or Chet, obviously those are the ideal ones, or even a Jaden Ivey or AJ Griffin or Keegan Murray. You add somebody, Johnny Davis, just give me somebody else. Jalen Duran, yep. give me somebody else with some talent and some upside that can actually score the basketball with any consistency that you're worried about. Because like the list that you're worried about, like it's over. The list yep. is done. So you give Josh one more weapon. To me, that's what this draft is about. And if there's if they don't get lucky, man, I really hope they get lucky. But if they don't get lucky, I mean, this is where I think you can package where you really try to move up. And you hope that some team that's willing to restock their draft picks or doesn't love the third pick you know, in this draft where they're like, yeah, we really wanted Chet or Jabari, but it doesn't look like we're going to get them, you know, trade up OKC and try to get there if you can, you know, yeah. um, we also just don't know what the Thunder think about the rest of these guys. Like we don't know what they think about AJ Griffin or Jaden Ivey, or we don't know if Shaden Sharp's in this draft and what does Sam think of Shaden Sharp? Has Sam even seen Shaden Sharp? Like I have no idea, you know? Oh, he has. I mean, he probably has. He's probably seen all these guys. Yeah. He probably saw Shaden Sharp when he was five years old, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, we, we just don't, there's a lot to be uncovered here when it, with regards to the draft. But the main point of all of this is guys will get better with Giddy and with Shea around them because Shea is going to, Shea has gravity in the NBA. Like teams are oh, yeah. like, go watch the Pacers game one more time. They were so worried about Shea. <laughs> and really, he's the only one that you need to be worried about besides Trey. Like, they were extremely worried. They were throwing everything at him and they still yeah. lost the game, you know? And having Trey yeah. as an outlet was very nice. If Trey is your outlet and you have Giddy and you have Shea and you have one more piece that you're worried about, they're like, Trey, man, sitting in the corner. Like that's money. He's he's gonna make fifty percent of those shots because yep. you need to go help somebody else. This is why you tank. This is why you do this whole process because it gives you a chance to form like and, and a real was, team. And something about Trey Man that I know that this is silly, extremely silly, but I think this is how your brain works when you see a guy. Easily spotting up, uh, easily pulling up from 30 feet and nailing a three seamlessly. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the scouting report says that he's not maybe the best quarter three point shooter or whatever. You will dart towards that guy. Definitely. Because he showed you. And it's not the same as Lou Dort. I, in a game, if Dort scores three trees, then maybe you close out. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It has. Trey Mann has a different vibe. When the ball comes out of his hands, he is pure. Yeah. And you just know it. It's I know that like people should not 
make defensive adjustment based on um, based on form or on you need to do it based on results. But Treyman, if he has enough results, he doesn't have to be forty five percent from three. It may be, I don't know, thirty seven. He's a shooter. Like there's just, exactly there's just no doubt about that. And that he will have gravity. I mean, Indiana at the end was doubling, but not that hard as the beginning of the or the last five minutes of the game, mm-hmm. because they know, hey, yes, we are, we have to double, but that guy is killing us. So the gravity will be there for Trey, and that is a main. That is the main difference. Like, go look at every Ludort game that he had, where he had like even great performance. The gravity was not there. Yeah. Trey man has it, mm-hmm. has it now. <laughs> I mean, after like two weeks of good basketball, mm-hmm. that is something that you cannot buy. You can you can build slowly. I mean, Kawhi did not have any gravity mm-hmm. uh, in his first two three seasons. Yeah. That is the truth. Yep. And now, I mean, you have a defender that is glued to him like gloves. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that Ludort is not getting there. He may very well be next year. Uh, if he starts hitting 42% from three on regular basis on five good shots mm. instead of three great shots and seven putrid shots, um, he will have that as well. But Trey, man, yeah. I mean, it's it's something that you don't want to lose and to give away because of that, because it's so important for Chase and Giddy's development. Um, yeah. So Yeah, even look at Tabo, who had a season where he shot the ball well. Yeah, defenses still didn't care. Like, Al Horford yeah, is a guy who nobody cares. Yeah, true. Even if he's um, 39, 40, 37, 36. Yep. Nobody cares. Yep. That you may lose a game true. because he, he gets hot, but nobody will scheme for Horford. No, it's true. And they will scheme for Shea. Yep. They will scheme probably for Giddy, mm-hmm. getting like low on the pick and roll. And if you have three guys that you can scheme off with them, the offense will not work, mm-hmm. even if they are awesome. Mm-hmm. If you have zero guys that you can scheme off for different reasons, you cannot scheme off uh, AJ Griffin because in the corner is good. You cannot scheme off yep. Jalen Duran. Those two guys will feast. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, All right. Thanks so much for listening to the pod today. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, We would very much appreciate that. You can hit the little bell, let you know whenever we're going live. And we're appreciative of everybody that is tuning in today. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.